1: won the Porzingis trade? How will KP and Luka Doncic play together? What are the options for the Knicks going forward? The only question left is, say it with me, you win? Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown podcast slash live show slash emergency broadcast. As always, I'm joined by Jared Weiss. We have to talk about a major trade between Dallas and New York. Jared, um, are are you as excited as I am?
2: Extremely excited. I'm just glad that we got some, I guess, star traded at the deadline this year.
1: Okay. Yes, it certainly made it a lot more exciting. I had a, a chocolate muffin, so I'm a little bit hyped up with some sugar too. So it really makes it that exciting. But I think the best way for us to begin to break this down is to bring in the athletic New York Knicks. Excuse me, the New York Knicks Athletic. What is he? The beat writer for the New York Knicks for the Athletic, and that is okay. Mike Vorkanoff. So with that as a terrific intro to this amazing show, it's already on. on uh, started off terrifically. Let's bring in Mike. So I'm going to click him in here. And um, Mike, are you there?
0: I'm here, guys. Thanks for having me uh, on to this thing.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for joining a three-man special live broadcast. And uh, listen, we want to talk about the trade from the Knicks point of view. So what are you thinking about with all these different assets that have gone uh, back and forth and you know how this is going to play out for the Knicks?
0: Man, I think the first thing you have to think is, wow, I can't believe they traded Christoph Porzingis. Uh, that, I mean, that to me is the primary thing. Like, This was supposed to be the bedrock of their franchise for years to come one one of their selling points in free agency this summer and he's gone now uh the assets they got seem to be you know yeah potentially good it depends where you stand on dennis smith jr and they have a 2021 unprotected first round pick and then 2023 um protected first 10 picks that you know that could potentially just be two picks somewhere in the 20s because of mavericks having porzingis and luka Doncic. so i i don't know i it seems like the only definite asset they have back right now is um Smith and cap space.
1: Uh, and, and how are you guys feeling from your perspective about Dennis Smith Jr.? He's gone through some stuff. So it, are you guys excited about bringing him in here and and, uh, and contributing?
0: I, I think that Dennis Smith Jr. is kind of more of the type of player that um, the current Knicks regime likes. Uh, I think they probably would have taken him over Frank Nilokina if the draft had happened again in, uh, as it did in 2017. They, they love wingspan. They love... Uh, dynamic players I love athleticism and that's the type of player Dennis Jr. is I mean I don't, I don't know you've watched him probably as much or more than I have like do you feel like that's a guy who can become a starting point guard for a good team <laughs>
1: uh, I, I think so I think it wasn't necessarily working that well with him and Doncic but uh, there was signs that it was getting better and he was shooting better so yeah he's got all level athletic ability and he can be a, a good lead guard Jared are you with me on this
2: yeah, I, I like him as a target, especially if it's someone that you think is going to be gone. I'm not really sure if they should have thought that he was going to be gone, Brzingis, but getting DSJ is a good value trade, I think, for almost all these teams that are trying to target him, and I think that everything they gave up for him was pretty ideal. I mean, they were able to clear out that long-term cap space, so that's great, but I feel like if you're going to give up on KP early and try to cash in early on him, you got to get something that's a – maybe a more certain blue chair prospect than Smith, who I, mean, I think that Dallas should probably shouldn't have entertained trading him unless, I guess, he was really serious about wanting out. He's still a re- really good prospect, but there's some major question marks about can he actually run an NBA offense.
1: That is true. Now, Mike, was there ever any entertaining uh, ideas about getting into the AD sweepstakes with KP, or was that always just it got focused on Dallas really quickly and they pulled the trigger?
0: I I think they're definitely interested. Um, You know, I think that would have been a lot harder to get into, obviously, because uh, of where they stand and where Anthony Davis' very public (laughs) and obvious preference is where to go, right? They would have had the pieces. It might have involved trading Christoph Porzingis. I I think it's probably not an accident that this came together so soon after the Anthony Davis trade. Uh, the trade request came out, right? Like Porzingis probably would have been one of their better chips and they would have had to decide what to do with him. Um, And and I I think this kind of positions the Knicks towards free agency and they have the cap space to acquire uh, Anthony Davis, possibly, right? If you want to trade Kevin Knox and that first round pick, whatever it ultimately becomes, and that could help them get other guys in free agency. So I think there's kind of a connect the dots type of situation here. Um, and I think these all—all all these things are probably somehow related in a way.
1: Can you can you give us a quick insight into like how it got so south for KP that he wanted out, and and why the Knicks were so quickly willing to just do that like that? I mean, how do how do we get from drafted and he's the savior and the All Star to here?
0: I, it really all just started two years ago. Uh, it was you know the last months of uh, Phil Jackson where he irked. Kristaps um, Porzingis, things weren't going well. Christophs, if you remember, skipped an exit meeting with the Knicks after the 2016-17 season, and then his name was thrown out in trade rumors, which were substantiated by Phil Jackson himself publicly. Um, And I think from there, it just never got right, no matter that they fired Jeff Hornacek, that they fired Phil Jackson, brought in David Fisdale and Scott Perry. They just never got to a really good place, I think, where they – um where they all kind of trusted each other and, uh, you know, obviously there have been some buzz underneath the surface this year that things weren't quite right. And this all exploded uh, out into the open in essentially, I don't know, what was it, like six hours, four hours? This all came together from the first <laughs> Woj report to him getting traded?
2: It's obvious that they negotiated the whole trade in a matter of two hours. That's how trades work, obviously. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah,
0: whenever you trade be, a star, an all-star, it happens, you know, just like that.
2: It seems like this trade was worked on for a few days before it came together. They've probably been discussing it ever since DSJ made it clear that he wanted it out. But, Mike, my question for you is do you see this as basically the Knicks leaking this so that they can make it look like Porzingis is the one pushing himself out the door when they basically probably – Maybe not official negotiations because you're not supposed to do that. But come on, like obviously teams are talking to the agents of their players about the contract ahead of time. They probably made it clear they're not going to give him a five year max. He made it clear he wants it. They made it maybe they tried to do the Joel Embiid contract and he wasn't buying it. So that they knew they had to trade him and that this is a way that they can pretty conveniently shift the perception that He's the one trying to run away when really it's them pushing him out the door, even if it's because he wants something that he probably shouldn't be getting. Just because he's been out for a year now with this ACL injury, and I haven't really seen any signs of progress. Maybe you have seen something. Is there something that you've seen up close that indicates that KP is even going to be back this year for Dallas?
0: Well, one, I'm always wary of. trying to guess sources, especially for a guy like Woj, so I I don't know if I want to go into that, but I I think what happens is it was mutually beneficial, right, if they came to a point where it was no longer tenable, uh, better get it, to get it out into the open, uh, lay some kind of groundwork for a deal to get done, and as for Porzingis coming back this year, the thing is, he's been pretty much hidden from the media all year, you know, um, requests to talk to him been turned down, we haven't seen him play, he hasn't You know, when the media gets into practice, we've barely seen him there. I really honestly have no idea what kind of state he's in. And that's, you know, just because we haven't seen him move. We haven't heard him talk. We haven't asked him questions. And so he's been kind of squared away behind, um, you know, behind the curtain a little bit for the Knicks. And I think they preferred it that way. And I don't know if he would have come back this year at all, but I, I can't say whether that was because of his health or just because of a team preference and not bring him back and, continue to be really bad and bottom out and increase their lottery um, odds and, and try to you know, get Zion Williams in that way. But I think it's a legitimate question considering his injury history and um, him being seven foot three when he could come back and what kind of space he'd be in.
1: Sounds like he's been practicing. He's coming up on a year from when the injury happened. I'd imagine he should be good, good to go. But again, I don't know. If the well, he metrics. hasn't been
0: practicing yet. He, I, I heard I he mean, was like
1: working out. He's, and stuff. he's
0: been doing workouts, you know, one okay. on one stuff with coaches, but not like full practices or scrimmages or anything. All
1: right, like forgive that. me. I, I, I am. Bell- I didn't. Well, whatever <laughs> I was trying to do. But yes, he's on the court a little bit. I hear you. So that that certainly means that's months away or whatever. So probably not. Probably not going to play. I don't know if Dallas has the incentive at this point to try and and, and, and win a ton of games. Now, Uh, we do have questions. We have both of you guys here about the draft picks and whether or not they're protected or not. A bunch of people are asking. So uh, I I turn it over to you two. Uh, Do we know the status of these picks as they're moving uh, back and forth between or from one team to the other?
0: Yeah, Yeah. I think uh, I just saw an ESPN report. um, (laughs) That Dallas is sending an unprotected 2021 and a top 10 protected 2023 first round pick. So 2021, Luka Doncic, you know, will be 21 years old. Yeah, Kristaps Porzingis about two years removed from knee surgery. I, I don't know how low that pick will be, and the same thing for 2023. That that might just be two picks in the 20s.
1: So good, uh, a, a pretty good deal then overall uh, for Dallas to get what they got. I suppose. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, who wins this trade? Who do you think? Uh, who uh, overall looking at it right now?
0: Jed, I'm curious for your thoughts. What do you think? I, I kind of tend to think Dallas does because they get the prime player in this deal. Yeah, it's fun. Uh,
2: Dallas right away. Obviously, it's a home run. They're able to get a blue chip pro, uh, prospect. Can I call Prisik as a prospect? Uh, they get a blue chip talent that, if he's healthy, you resign him to what you know, whatever you got to resign him to, and you've added another superstar caliber player when you didn't really think that was going to be possible anymore with considering that the team is kind of out of the front of the lottery. But if this play, the play here is that New York now has enough assets. If they win that first pick, maybe even if they don't win that first pick, they could still trade for AD. And then I think they'd still be able to have two cap, uh, two max slots open. Then they sign KD and then they sign another star whether it's Kyrie Irving or Kemba Walker or whomever. But their plan here is to have Durant, Davis, and another superstar. And if they're taking Durant out of Golden State, that means that if they can pull that trio off, they could be the best team in the NBA. So this is a massive home run swing that they're going for here, and it's it's definitely worth it.
1: Here's the problem. If they have a number one pick, they need to trade more than that to get AD. And I don't know what else they're going to trade at that point. Uh, to get him. What what do you think? He
2: has Jake, Kevin Knox, um, Mitchell Robinson. Uh, the, I think I wrote a Ron Baker. That would have been really useful here. Uh, but Vork, you, you have a better feel for this than I do.
0: I mean, if the pick is number one and that's your chance to get Zion Williamson, that becomes pretty valuable, right? Who do you, what, what singular asset that might be available um, in the trade market do you take over Zion Williamson in July 1? Do you take Jason Tatum over him? You know, do you, do you want any of those Lakers young guys? Like, do you, who do you want over Zion?
2: It's really tight between Tatum. Tatum, at least you've seen in the NBA, you can see that he's going to be probably like a 25 to 30-point scorer if he continues to trend this way. But Zion can be an entire offense in and of himself. It's kind of like comparing – I don't want to use LeBron versus KD because LeBron is like the GOAT. But, like, imagine play style comparison-wise there. You know, Tatum is more of a great scorer, not necessarily a creator, while Zion could do almost all of the above. And if his shot develops, he'll could be the best player in the NBA or pretty close to it. So there's more certainty. And I tend when it, when I'm comparing guys that are like under 23 years old, I'm looking at the certainty of where they could, you know, what they've shown they can do, where they can go. But Zion has just been so remarkable at every stage here that I'm pretty confident. In him becoming an elite player, and really the biggest question mark for me is just whether he'll be a reliable shooter from 18 to obviously three-point range. So, I'd, God, I have no idea. I, I think I'd probably rather have Zion. I'm a huge Zion guy. I think he can, he can play every position on the court, so I think I'd rather have him.
1: Well, listen, Mike. I know you had a lot of things to do and a lot of things to write about, so you're really busy. But we'll let you go, but we have one question to ask you. And uh, there's a couple of questions about the qualifying offer that um, KP might be signing with Dallas. Uh, do you? And they want your thoughts on that. Do you have any thoughts yet? I,
0: I don't. I don't think he'll sign it. You know, signing one year, four point eight five million dollar offer. I you was know, just talking to a few agents around the league about this. like they, they very much shot down that idea that the Porzingis would turn down guaranteed money, lump sums of guaranteed money, for one year, $4.85 million, just so he could hit free agency a year later, considering all the injuries he's already had.
1: Huh. Well, I think that's a, a great summation there. It makes sense to me. Um, and Mike, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, when are you going to have a piece up for us to read at The Athletic?
0: Hopefully tonight, <laughs> if nothing <laughs> else happens. I'll throw that asterisk out
1: there. Okay, fair enough. I, I, you know, It seems like it's probably calmed down at this point. It's, uh, what, six, 6 o'clock in New York. But good luck with writing the piece. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And we'll catch up with you later to see how it's going.
0: Thanks, guys.
1: All right. Thanks, Mark. Okay, so we are now back. It's just me and Jared. And we have a lot of things to unpack because we have to look at it from the other right. point of view. I'm going to throw this out there, Jared. Um, I want to throw out the notion of uh, a huge upgrade Wes Matthews upgraded to, to uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. I think it's a low-key, really great part about the trade for Dallas. Um, but I think people were thought I was crazy about that, but I think he is so much better than what Wes is giving them, even though Wes is West, What are your thoughts about that?
2: Yeah, didn't you bring this up in one of our recent episodes? I remember thinking this was a pretty interesting take. Uh, I mean, Hardaway's really inefficient, but also his role has been to be a high-volume scorer. Right. That's not his role. He's a more capable outside shooter. and I mean, he's just a more capable scorer all around than Matthews. Matthews, I mean, he, he's definitely lost the steps since that Achilles injury, but he still is like a relatively smart defender. And Hardaway, I don't know if I've ever seen him play defense before. So... He, you know, he's physically capable. It's if he can, you know, you know, Carlisle's going to kick his ass if he doesn't play defense and probably not play him if he doesn't play defense. So I I like I definitely like that as an upgrade. I don't like the idea of having to pay him that money for an extra year. But if he gets you Porzingis, I think it's a no brainer.
1: Uh, I agree, too. I mean, I, I think it was a really great deal overall for Dallas because, again, they're stuck in a cycle where they were going to win this year anyway. And uh, they have their own pick. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. Okay. Pop quiz, hotshot. I mean,
2: no, that goes to Atlanta.
1: Ah, they don't have their own first-round pick? Yeah,
2: it goes to Atlanta, okay. I believe.
1: So they're not incentivized to tank either way. But clearly, uh, and, and there's, by the way, there, there's a real problem now that Mavericks have is, you know, you can, I guess, ride KP as a center in the West – Sort of. Um, But is that what they want to do? Because now that they don't have DeAndre Jordan, I I don't know exactly what their solution might be, short of rolling, you know, KP out there in the middle. What do you think about that?
2: They got solid measuring, right? So they're fine. (laughs) And they got Maxi Cleaver. Um, No, they – it definitely is going to be a matchup issue, but Porzingis' optimal position in the NBA is a five. That's what gives you that remarkably flexible offense. And Okay. I mean, they, they could have an incredible, especially with Luka being the point guard. I mean, they have so much flexibility on offense and they still have a lot of length on defense. So I think that, you know, KP has shown that he's a really good rim protector when he's healthy mm-hmm. and on top of his game. He was playing in New York where we I mean, didn't have a very good system there. I think Carlisle could really bring the most out of him. And he pulled yeah, – I mean, from an offensive perspective, he's going to pull fives out to the three-point line. That's just going to make life for Luca so easy, it, especially as a pick and pop partner and both as a guy that's stretching on the weak side. The whole issue – I mean, the, the laughable concerns that Luca was going to have trouble as a pick-and-roll creator coming into the draft, if they weren't gone already, imagine now with the kind of gravity that – Porzingis is going to help him with where he's not going to have, you know, second level defenders coming to try to trap him. He just uses position to get around the guard and that boom, he's, he's, you know, home free and inside the three point line and he can just kind of wreak havoc all he wants. So if KP gets back out there this year, I think Dallas is going to be like the most entertaining team to watch in the league probably.
1: I, I would agree because I'm starting to already picture. I'm getting some clips ready to go for a video dropping tomorrow about how um, Doncic and uh, KP could work together, and it's really really exciting because they can finally unleash Doncic without having Dennis Smith Jr. out there at all to try and command uh, his ball duties. Which you know, if you had noticed over time as the season went by, uh, Dennis Smith Jr.'s usage has gone down precipitously. So he was uh, Doncic was already like taking control of this offense as it was, but the ability to run pick and roll with those two guys, and you know, let's not forget, uh, Porzingis can pass a little bit too. Oh yeah. So you and and he can see over everybody. So it's almost like they can run pick and roll with Porzingis and Doncic. They can roll Porzingis down to the low block and then give him a post up off of that. And um, they have a lot of flexibility. I and I love. I think that Tim Hardaway Jr., again, when he gets with Carlisle, will have that kind of resurgence. We saw, like, Monte Ellis do really well in that, in that same position. Not that they're the same player, but I have a feeling that they're going to figure out ways to really uh, maximize what he brings. We've seen enough, I think, of Tim Hardaway to see that he's got ability. And he can move uh, certainly better than than uh, than his, uh than Wes Matthews ever had after his injury. So that's really exciting, too. Um, what else is part of the trade here? We got to look at here to make sure I'm not well, missing it.
2: Uh, don't forget, Courtney Lee can do a lot of you yeah. can fill that role in a similar way that Wes Matthews did. Um, you know, I mean, Sealy has been hurt for a lot of the year, but he apparently wants to stay there. I'm sure he at least at this point is looking at this as maybe Dallas can fight for the playoffs. He can get some playoff basketball and it'll be in a good system. So this is, this is a good situation for him. Um, So, I mean, they're lucky in that they pick up Orzingis and the guys that they get could be useful parts of the rotation. I mean, I I see this as a, as a win-win trade. It's, you know, one team had one goal. The other team has a different goal and they both satisfied each other's needs. I like that. And I like the, I like the package that New York now has as a, for a group of prospects, I like DSJ. I mean, DSJ, he needs a coach that's going to kind of hone him in, narrow his focus, and then you know, kind of channel his energy in an effective manner. I think Fisdale could be a good guy for that. I don't know what young point guards have to do to get Fisdale to play them, but I'm sure he'll <laughs> be able to figure that out. But between a high draft pick ne- uh, next year, they're probably going to get somebody. They're going to get some free agent. Maybe it's Tobias Harris instead when Kawhi ends up going to the Clippers. Tobias Harris would be really good, too. He's a really good player, and he's entering his prime. So, you know, obviously they need to get you know Duran and AD if they want to build a contender. But if they at least want to build a good playoff team that people will be excited and proud of, which New York hasn't had in 20 years or whatever, they're certainly on the right path with this.
1: Sure. I I think the key here is if you had to ask today at this moment at four o'clock on the West Coast on Thursday, who wins the trade? It's clearly Dallas. But I think that it's all contingent on, yes, do, do the Knicks get the number one pick? And what do they do with that pick if they, if they draft and they actually use you know, Zion or if they use it as an asset? Uh, it, I suppose at some point a year from now, we could argue, oh, my God, New York really got the better of the deal here. Um, the only question is, do you have any faith in the Knicks front office for, to actually pull that off and make it work? Uh, I don't think we have a lot of faith in that. I mean, they have <laughs> – how many point guards do they have right now on the roster now?
2: New York um- – that's a good question.
1: It's like back to the Isaiah Thomas years when they had Jamal Crawford and uh, uh, Starbury, right? And all those guys that are on the same team. So um, again, maybe there's another move the Knicks make before the trade deadline. Do we have you heard anything about that?
2: Uh, not yet, but I'm imagining they're going to want some more guard help. Um, so <laughs> they, get, they need another ball handler right now. Smith and I'm trying to think who's the other ball handler on the team right now. They don't really oh. have. I feel. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but they don't really uh, have any.
1: Uh, they don't. Well, no. Wait. Uh, let's see here. I mean, I guess who do they get? Well, they got so. Um, D- Dennis Mitchell Jr. is one of their ball handlers. Wesley Matthews is not. You know, whatever. Okay. Um, who else did they have? No. I mean, let's see. The Knicks. What What is their roster now? I feel embarrassed because I can't tell you off the top of my head exactly. What uh, a, tre- a
2: trier. I was trying to think of who oh, the Lonzo other. Oh, Lonzo Treer is
1: not a point guard, but he's a beast and a. Half. And he
2: could score, and that's it. Uh, Kadeem Allen, former Celtic. Oh, who that's I covered so no, Keena, last year. Yeah, forget me. Yeah, yeah, and then okay. if you want to call Hazonia a ball handler, then we can throw that in. Um, but no, that's it. That's it for their actual guards that can handle. Okay,
1: so never mind then. I guess they they, they don't have a ton of guards. It felt like they had a ton of guards. Uh, nonetheless, okay. Um, do we want to briefly talk for a second about the AD thing and what's going on there? Is there any sure. other news we have to talk about? Uh,
2: well, the East All-Star roster just came out. Oh, so okay. the Preserves, Bradley Beal... Blake Griffin, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Ben Simmons, Nikola Vucevic, and then Victor Oladipo. So the commissioner is going to need to name a replacement. I think that follows the exact group I had, except instead of Middleton, I had Siakam. But no complaints either way. Both of those guys are pretty equally deserving.
1: uh, Yeah, wait. So Middleton got in, Bledsoe didn't?
2: Bledsoe did not, but maybe Bledsoe – well – I think the commissioner would be more likely to pick Vucevic, I mean not Vucevic, uh, Siakam, and try to balance it rather than give Milwaukee another one. Then again, Lowry's in there, so maybe it, uh, maybe it ends up being uh, D'Angelo Russell. There's some interesting choices there.
1: Absolutely. I'm glad, I'm glad to see, I mean, we've had the discussion about Middleton versus Bledsoe uh, in a couple of times, I think in the past couple of weeks. So I, I think that the, you know, if you're talking about the coaches, they they're seeing what I see, certainly. And I, I do know that some coaches are, uh, are driven crazy by the way Bledsoe plays sometimes. So I guess I'm not surprised that he wouldn't quite make the cut on uh, all-star reserves. When do we hear about all-star reserves for the West?
2: Uh, in a couple of minutes. I mean, they're probably talking about it right now and, we don't want to tell people where because we don't want them to turn this broadcast off, but oh. uh, we'll have them in a minute. Why don't we talk about AD, I guess, in the meantime, while we uh, wait for that to come in.
1: Okay. And as I'm, I can't even figure out how to Google searches. I couldn't even find the list uh, of something uh, for the East. Um, but anyway, let's talk about AD. Well, a lot of things are going on here. Do we, I mean, I guess the question is, does he really even, is there is it is there a serious conversation between, I guess, the Lakers and the Pelicans? I mean, I, hilarious that like Dale Dems was trying to say he wasn't picking up his phone, uh, which I think is also silly. But, um, you know, I know what you had said before, but what are we, are we any, anywhere different before as far as uh, they, they should simply wait for the summer?
2: Well, we do have to address how it impacts the Knicks because, there was a debate that we were having, I think, on our emergency pot on Monday, which is, if you're the, uh, what do you call it, the Pelicans, would you rather trade for Porzingis and their full package now, not knowing where that pick is going to be, or would you rather rate, wait until the summer, lose the chance to get Porzingis most likely, but know where that pick is? And now it's DSJ and it's the centerpiece instead of Porzingis with the course I assume Knox would have to be in there too. So I guess the question is, how do you feel about, a Knicks trade package of DSJ, Knox, and that pick, not knowing where that pick is going to be at this point, obviously compared to before.
1: Yeah, uh, it's okay. I, th- I feel like Knox is is not necessarily as as exciting as they as he was earlier in the year, suppose in theory. But um, I don't know. I, if I were if I were the Pelicans, I wouldn't want to take a chance on uh, not knowing what that pick is beforehand. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as the timing goes, they they can obviously they can wait um, until they do that, and then even do a deal where the team picks a player, and then they make that, then they trade the pick, right? Uh, yeah. Um, and, and they've done that before, but then again, I guess it's, if, if it's number one, we know who he's picking, so it doesn't matter, but um, I, I don't know. I, I think the bottom line is, like we said you know, in the last uh, show, was simply uh, it just makes more sense to wait for uh, until you have all the information. Like you had said, the Lakers trade is not going anywhere between sure. now and when the Celtics are eligible to make that trade after uh, they sign Kyrie and get that all taken care of. <laughs> the hilarious thing was that they, you know there is one way that the Celtics can get AD, and that's, trading Kyrie <laughs> which I thought was hilarious uh, is that funny or is that even like a, a hint of like a, they thought about it for
2: no series? because they want to they want to have a great point guard and there's just no other point guard in the NBA that you would rather have than Kyrie as far as uh, I mean they'll be they assume they're going to be able to lock him up he is at the right age he's entering his prime he you know he has the pedigree as far as championship experience and he's kind of you know he's turning the corner into being one of the elite players. They're not. They're not going to get Steph or Harden. So I, kind of, I can't trying to think of another point guard I'd rather have in the NBA or just another guy to run my offense through. I can't really think of anyone that could be reasonably expected to be available. So mm-hmm. no. And I mean, it is a legitimate thing to say. Like, should you try to trade Kyrie for AD? But if you do that, then you need to also flip Tatum for another established star because AD is not going to stay without. Yeah, and like you're not going to be able to do that with Tatum. There's no other star for you to pursue. So it. Right. it Keep Kyrie, you know, for all the stuff that's gone on with Kyrie. First off, once he re-signs with Boston, assuming he re-signs with Boston, all the drama around him goes away. It's just about the stuff on the court. I think the franchise doesn't worry about that too much, frankly. Their only nervousness is really just, are we going to be able to keep the guy? Um, But, you know, like, it's a perfect pairing, AD and and Kyrie. It's a perfect pick-and-roll pairing. Um, Defensively, if that team, if they manage to trade for AD – and keep Marcus Smart. The they have historic defensive potential there. They could be as good as that defense they had ten years ago when they won the title. I mean, you're talking about. I hate, I hate seeing the phrase. I try never to say you're talking about. I am talking about Marcus Smart, one of the most transcendent defenders of the era, and then Davis, who I think you know that that defense is kind of sucked, but I think it's mostly because of their system and the players they have and and the coach they have, who's an offensive specialist. But you put AD in Brad Stevens' system. Pretty sure he's going to be the defensive player of the year. So unless Smart gets it, uh, and assuming Draymond doesn't play for the Lakers at that point, we'll see. But uh, that that pairing is just so tantalizing, right there. They don't even necessarily have to have a third like mega superstar next to it for that team to work. They could, if they somehow manage to keep Tatum, which I doubt it, they could continue to let Tatum grow. I, I think that team they have they have a lot of flexibility to continue to evolve into a title contender.
1: All right. Well, fair enough. Well, let's see here. We can turn maybe answer a couple of questions real quick as we get to the end of this. Um, and I'm looking at people want to talk about tonight's games um which is interesting <laughs> Who considering... cares about tonight's
2: games i mean let's yeah, right. let's talk now, about it why not
1: yes uh and and uh let's see jen let's saw my reaction to uh what something you said that's good for you i'm glad we have this uh camera you not it's not always a blind uh podcast version of this
2: actually you know quickly before you even go to that yeah. uh Woj just tweeted out that for the Depot replacement expect the angelo russell and jimmy butler to be the top two candidates one okay. is that a source from the nba i don't know whatever Woj. Which probably knows what I'm thinking right now. So I'm not going to question it. But uh, weren't you, didn't you want Butler to be an all star? Am, am
1: I mixing that? No, I, you? I wanted D'Angelo Russell to be an all star.
2: Okay. All right. Which so. I mean, I would love for him to be an all star. That would be an amazing story. I just watched him coming to Boston and it was just, it was unbelievable. I mean, that guy, yeah. he has real lighted up potential it's just amazing yeah. to watch
1: you know and i look jimmy is tough he's great i just uh, he's already done it like i like when other people get a chance a little bit uh it's a nice story russell has played well enough i think to, to at least get in there a little bit so uh we'll see if the uh what the coaches think about that uh, it's weird they haven't announced the west yet i guess i'm, I'm refreshing they just did here, here it, it is,
2: is. <laughs> russell westbrook dame lillard clay thompson anthony davis whoever he plays for Jokic, Lamarcus Aldridge, and Karl Anthony
1: Towns. Where are you seeing this?
2: Boy, I got that Twitter hookup
1: from Woj. Because I have like...
2: no, no, I have notifications from NBA PR and uh, uh, Shams as well. But well,
1: I had so, Shams on there, but I figured Woj would have it quicker. But no,
2: my athletic boys is taking over tonight. Um, but so that's interesting. So Clay gets it. I don't know how I feel about Clay getting it. I had Drew Holiday instead of Clay my team. And then I'm trying to remember who I had instead of LaMarcus Aldridge. I had <sighs> someone else.
1: Well, Tobias didn't make it. I really wanted him to make it. I was pushing yeah. for that. He was playing really well. And, you know, Aldridge is another one of those guys. He's just, he listen, he is solid. He's good. Uh, but he's done it enough. It's like, let, let's one like, Harris should get a shot at that. It's really too bad. Yeah. Um, but he's
2: been, I mean, he has yeah. just been so dominant winning games for San Antonio single-handedly throughout the year. Yeah, it's the kind of stuff that when you think of an all-star, it's that guy that Puts the team on the back, on his back. Gives him twenty every night. Has those games where he gets thirty or fifty-six. For God's sakes, it really puts him on his back. San Antonio's had another just unbelievable season, so it well, felt dirty, not rewarding them.
1: Well, yeah, well, don't let um, Demar Derozan hear you say though. <laughs> that. <as> well, <laughs> I think he might have an issue with that. Um, but nonetheless. Because Rosen is, you know, averaging the same amount of points and, you know, a lot more assists and almost the same amount of rebounds. So uh, another great year. But let me get that to that uh, unpack that one more time. Russ, okay, Dame Clay. Listen, you know, Clay is another one of those guys. But you know, Clay is just so good and solid across the board. Just like Marcus Aldridge, it's hard not to vote for him. Um, Jokic, that's nice. But man, uh, and Anthony Towns, okay um i wonder i don't know if cat would have made it uh if butler hadn't been traded i think uh you know his his a bit of a resurgence probably gave him a, another leg up and gave him some extra production in the box score so interesting stuff um did i, I don't know like do you want to for fun just uh, really quickly look at the the dallas at detroit indiana orlando milwaukee at okay so we have the bucks and the raptors on tnt tonight that's gonna be a good game that's what, do what i'm doing next in toronto
2: who do i think's gonna win yeah. um well, if both teams don't literally freeze to death before the game starts, right? I like Milwaukee for that. I mean, Milwaukee. Milwaukee's been the better team this year. They've been probably the best team in the league overall so far. Hill is just such a nice wrinkle to you know to so what they need. He, he provides them exactly what they needed. Um, they've been I playing better after that, late. by the
1: way. Uh, you know, all the Bucks fans who screamed at me when they got Hill. And I'm like, you know. He's really, you know, might be, might help them more than Bledsoe, but um, nonetheless. People were it, upset
2: that they got George Hill?
1: Yeah, well, I was doing it in the sense of, you know, I have a feeling that Budenholzer might even consider at some point starting Hill over Bledsoe that, that, that might still be sacrilege, I get it, but when you watch how, how he plays, and you watch how Bledsoe plays, and from a coach's perspective, I have no doubt that in their meetings, and it might be completely private, no one would ever hear the light of day, uh, it has come up. <laughs> so, but it did trigger a lot of the Bucks fans, and I didn't know that uh, Bledsoe was so popular on Twitter. It was pretty uh, impressive on his part, so uh, it did trigger, but um, but what, what you said about Hill is right. I mean, he just he just does what exactly what they need him to do, and he's going to be really helpful in a company playoff
2: time. Yeah, I'm trying to think he the last game I watched of theirs he was really impressive. I want to bring up uh the okay. numbers that he had, but he, he he's like I feel like he's just at that point of his career where he's going to be floating to like a contending team pretty often. It's like every other mm-hmm. year. Yeah, so he had he played 30 minutes coming off the bench. He had 9 points, 4 boards, 3 assists. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, he, he shot he, he only shot 1 for 5 from the field. So I guess it was the game before that. But he was still a positive plus minus going against Detroit yeah. and I like that That that's what I like about George Hill is I think you could probably statistically measure his impact based on you know how he shoots from deep most of the time but he, he's just one of those guys that generally has a positive impact and generally tends to end up in the positive plus minus just because when he's on the floor their offense is spread out so their offense functions better and even though his shooting numbers aren't going to be great all the time the offense at least was going to flow better with him out there if they have another ball handler um, and then he's just such a he's such a solid, reliable, versatile defender. Um, it, I mean, I, I haven't seen their defense too much with him on the floor, but I'd imagine he's switchable enough that they don't have to go into that deep drop scheme that they go into most of the time.
1: Sure. All right. Chris, Gary, 12 has, uh, has been persistent in asking a question. Let's wrap it up with this Let's one. answer which it. is can, Porzing- can Porzingis and Donchich or Doncic be the next Nash and Nowitzki? Try saying that 10 times fast. Um I mean, in a very, very different way. I think mostly because Zanchich is a, is a much more of a score-first kind of guy versus compared to Nash. But uh, I think we, kinda, we did touch upon this. Without question, from an entertainment standpoint and also from a uh, pressure on a defense standpoint, uh, I, I, I can't think of uh, a, a pairing that would be as devastating as Nash and Nowitzki were.
2: Yeah, but I mean, this team going to be great. Uh, if, if KP is healthy... They're gonna be awesome. I mean, it's gonna be amazing having those two. Cause like we were saying before, they can pick and pop to like 30 feet if they want to. They can yeah. they can do it everywhere. He if he comes crashing down, we know with Lucas touch Luca. We saw how I mean KP isn't the role man that DeAndre Jordan is, but he's also early in his career. But he's so long that he can you can just toss up anything to him and he can get it. So yeah. and then you know, if, if if he's like let's say too weak that Guys can kind of stop him before he gets all the way to the rim. He can just put the ball on the floor, one dribble, pivot, and he can hit that fadeaway jumper. So it's kind of limitless as far as their two way, you know, their kind of two man game action they can do in the way that you know Nash and Nowitzki were kind of limitless in what they could do. And of course, Nash left before he really hit the peak of his powers there. But right. obviously, him and Amari are two, probably the best pick roll combination I've ever seen in my life. I'm trying to oh, think of it better, oh, okay. Stockton I mean, Malone, I guess. Yeah probably right. better yeah but
1: yeah and then you got like maybe like KD and steph although it's not really a thing but when they do it it's pretty much <laughs> it is over.
2: amazing but they <laughs> so, <laughs> i wish they would do it all the time I, they never do it they, they we, do they jimmy butler yeah. and joel Embiid could be it if, if they'd ever do it with jimmy well
1: what, what they also do a lot of is is off the ball uh steph's screening for KD, which is another yeah. a whole thing that steph does that no one gives him credit for now the whole
2: weak elbow splits yeah. and all that kind of stuff it's the best play in basketball obviously right. so,
1: so we and we have wob commentator uh is asking a question he wants one more question can I outjump Wes Matthews? Um, not, you know what? Maybe, maybe, but it's going to be close because I have a, a, a hip replacement and I don't, I can't, my back, everything, my knees. But um, it, there was one point when I was younger, I might have been able to out jump him now with his Achilles tear and whatever that is. Um, but then again, it's not what Wes needs to do anyway with his, his game. But what about you, Jerry? Can you outjump Wes Matthews?
2: If he was lying down asleep, maybe. And uh, shout out to Mike Vorkanov for coming on. Read his coverage on The Athletic when uh, when you're done watching us here.
1: That's right. And then read all the Jared stuff. And stay tuned for my video, which I hope I can get done now uh, for tomorrow, about how KP and Doncic will play together. It should be an epic video. So thanks for joining us, everybody, It's a sports fans. And don't forget, at b Breakdown, not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Jared? I'm going in New York now.